My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell it like it is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Hey, hey guys. So here we are. It is 2023 officially. I hope you all got everything out of your system in 2022. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go have some fun this year too. But one of the things that we gay men tend to, well, sometimes get out of our system and sometimes not is our sexual life, our sexual well-being and having fun and sometimes having fun in the wrong way. Sometimes not having fun because they're like the junk don't work no more. But yet we spend so much time focused on so many things like success and money and material things. And yes, I know sex and that sort of stuff. But what about your sexual health and well-being? And I thought, what better way to kick off 2023 than let's talk about sex? Because I know every time we talk about sex, we get lots of listeners and lots of downloads. So uh, joining me today is the doctor is in the house, Dr. Judson Brandis. And I'm telling you, man, I am so excited that this guy is here because... I think sexual health is one of the most important things that we as men should be having conversations about, and we are not. And I already told Judson that I feel like I'm talking to the choir on this one, but I'm going to let him kind of preach at us a little bit, give us some guidance. We're going to talk about his P-Long little, we're going to just leave it there, P-Long. I'm going to let him take that when we get to that area. But um, so Judson, welcome, man. Thank you for being here and supporting our community. So yeah, um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. So what drew, I hate to say, what drove you into this field, but <laughs> what what was the spark for you that said, hey, if I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to go be this guy. I'm going to be this specialist in all of this arena. What was the driver for you, man? Yeah. You know, so I actually started doing kidney transplants. That was what mm. drove me into urology. So I trained at UCLA where we did kidney transplants as part of urology. And then I became really interested in prostate cancer mm-hmm. and started the robotics program at my local hospital and pioneered surgical robotics. And then about three or four years ago, I became really interested in regenerative medicine. So the ability to help men who can't get erections anymore get erections by growing new blood vessels. And I helped uh, pioneer shockwave therapy, platelet-rich plasma. Uh, and uh, and it really opened up whole vistas of, of new learning of uh, testosterone replacement, of muscle building, uh, fat burning, and also mm-hmm. new treatments for sexual dysfunctions. Awesome. Well, I can totally relate to the kidney stuff because I, I, I'm one of those <laughs> lovely guys that I get kidney stones and it just oh, annoying yeah. as hell. So um, actually, it's kind of interesting. I hadn't had one in probably, I don't know, probably 12, maybe even 15 years. And then um, 2021, yeah, 2021, my husband and I went to Provincetown, Massachusetts for the first vacation, quote, mm. post-COVID, right? <clears throat> and most of the week was good. And then Thursday night, I'm like, oh, something's not feeling quite right but i'm like i don't know i've been eating a lot of shellfish which i don't usually do Uh i'm like as i've gotten older have i created some like you know non-affinity for the you know shellfish world and then middle of the night that thursday i'm like oh i know what this is and of course we're in provincetown which is clear on the tip of cape cod yeah yeah we had come by boat (laughs) so we have 
no vehicle whatsoever oh, and there no. is no hospital in that little town there's like a clinic i'm like oh this is not the best way and it kind of passed a little bit like they literally did not pass um that night but it kind of like oh i felt pretty good the next day and then like okay let's kind of go about and i'm like hey i'm walking you know all this sort of stuff all day long the next day got back in bed that night i'm like oh really really and then it kind of went away again like okay some somebody is screwing with me right now (laughs) and then of course the night before we left and had to take the ferry i am like in pure pain and agony and of course i'm like just get me to boston just get me to boston (laughs) And it was so interesting. The motion of the ocean kind of just lulled me through it. And really? I got to Boston and I walked off that boat. And hubby's, I was staying because I had to go to Florida for a business trip. He's like, you sure you want me to go? I'm like, well, if it's a kidney stone, there's going to be nothing you can do. I'm just going to go to the hospital and let them either zap it or give me the drugs. And, you know, so, yes, I can. I, I deal with the urologists a lot. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. A, a two or three millimeter stone can bring a, you know, a, big yep man big to his knees very much and i'm a big man i'm six foot four and 300 pounds so i'm a big man i just like and it was so interesting because you know i got to the hospital they gave me the meds and i'm like okay i'm in happy la la land now and literally i mean i i don't know that it i mean it had to have passed at some point in time because i got to my hotel where i was staying and there was still a little bit of leftovers because i flew to florida and the first night i'm at our company retreat i'm like adios folks i'm in bed <laughs> good night and they're like are you sure you're okay i'm like well and the irony of that whole experience was my boss's wife was there and she goes oh rick i i deal with those all the time i'm like yeah so you get it she goes yeah literally they had barely got home from the retreat and she's texting me guess what i have kidney stones <laughs> oh and I was just like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that on. So, yeah, but, jinxster. So, so it is an interesting thing because I think guys, you know, we are like, oh, testosterone, our, our junk's working, it's not working. You know, we, we can't get it up anymore, all this sort of stuff. But I don't think a lot of guys spend a lot of time thinking about it until it suddenly has happened. And I think there's a lot that we as men can do to help out. So like help each other out, but I mean, even literally help each other out. I've had more conversations with men about this stuff just because of my podcast number one but like i really have conversations with friends like guys this is like you can do stuff so what's some of yeah. your best like hey guys well first of all i know we're gonna talk about p-long too but like just in general guys yeah so in, in general stuff. you have to understand that erectile function is a function of circulation mm. right it's the ability to push blood under pressure into the penis right so the mm. heart pumps And the two last places that get blood in your body are your toes and the penis, Mm. right? But you don't get toe erections. Right. Well, if you have gout, you do. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You you get cold feet, right? Your feet don't stop functioning. So you put socks on and and you're fine. But the penis is different. The penis kind of has an on switch and an off switch. And so if if you don't generate enough blood pressure, in the penis, the penis isn't going to work. And the reason it doesn't work is that as you increase blood pressure in the penis, you increase the size of the erectile bodies. And as you do that, you squeeze the veins Mm. that return blood back to the body. And when you squeeze them to the point that they don't return blood anymore, you trap blood in the penis under pressure. 
And the arteries that are in the middle of the penis continue to pump blood into the penis under pressure. And that's where you get the rigidity of the erections. So if you don't get high enough blood pressure in the penis, then you don't get rigid erections. It's like if you're on the roof of a burning building and there's another building that's six feet away, if right. you jump six feet, it's a great day. If you jump mm -hmm. five and a half feet, it's a really, really bad day. So, you know, in terms of erectile function, if you get 101 millimeters of, of mercury of, of pressure in the penis, then you block the return of venous blood mm. and you get a good erection. But if you only get to 95, then the, the blood keeps leaking back through the veins and you don't, you get a full penis, but you don't get a rigid erection. Okay. Mm. So you have to understand it's, it's all about circulation. And the first sign that circulation isn't what it used to be is when you lose morning erections, mm. right? So when you're younger, you wake up every morning, yeah. full mass, you know, right. pee boner, whatever you want to call it. Um, but at some point in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, if you're really healthy, you'll lose those nighttime erections. That's the first sign that things aren't working the way they should. Okay. You have 10 years from that date till you're in the middle of, of sex and erection goes away. Mm. Right. So if you did something 10 years ago, you wouldn't be in that situation at that moment. Right. And from the day that you have erectile dysfunction, you know, when you're in the middle of the act, you'll begin to get cardiovascular disease. You'll have your first heart attack. You'll have your first stroke. You'll have your, uh, some sort of intervention, right? So you get about 20 years lead time. If you pay attention to losing nighttime erections and you get 10 years lead time, if you pay attention, um, you know, when you lose uh, erection, right. when you want to get an erection, because the thing is the first sign of heart disease in 25% of men is death, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so it's hard to come back from death. Yes. So very your penis hard. really is telling you something very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I can attest to that. So I'm a literally a two-time stroke survivor at this point. Wow. And um, I started correlating all this. And then I had a really good urologist just that I had some conversations with. And, you know, we had several conversations and then we really started between him and my physician. We've, we've done some amazing, like, okay, things are good. And then I noticed, you know, I don't have the erections I used to. I still can get one. And everyone's, everyone's while I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, fuck. wow, great. <laughs> I'm like, where were you yesterday morning, man? Um, but um, I, I don't, I don't have difficulty, but I notice I'm very caught. And especially after, you know, having two strokes, I'm very, very cognizant of like, okay, let's get this circulation going and, and all this sort of stuff. Right. So, so, guys so if you struggle, yeah. so if you were my patient, yep. Okay. I, this is what I would do. You know, first of all, I would take a full history and physical on you and, right. and check all your labs and everything like that. And I would make sure that you're, optimized from a cardiovascular standpoint, because really anything that I do, if you're not optimized from a cardiovascular standpoint, nothing's going to work. Right? right. So I would make sure that you're, you are on a high protein, low carb diet, that you weren't carrying a lot of extra weight. You weren't smoking. You weren't drinking excessively. You were exercising almost every day. Yep. Uh, and I, I have what's called the ABC exercise routine, which is day one, you do something on your feet, ambulate, walk, run, B is bike, so hop on a bike. C is circuit training, and then repeat. So I make sure that all my patients are doing that. I make sure all my patients are stretching every morning. 
mm-hmm. right? Because stretching is really important for blood flow and for flexibility. So, you know, really optimizing your, your health. And, and then I would get you on a nitric oxide boosting supplement, right? Mm-hmm. So nitric oxide, when I was at UCLA, my professor won the Nobel Prize for discovering nitric oxide as a second messenger. It's like the cheapest, easiest, best thing you can do to improve circulation. There are no side effects. It improves Mm -hmm. cognition. It improves blood pressure. It improves uh, muscle function and it improves circulation to the penis. And I have a, I I created a supplement myself called Affirm from affirmscience.com, but there are a number of, uh, of nitric oxide boosting supplements on the market. Uh, the reason I like Affirm is that it has both the citrulline and the nitrate pathway. So your body has two different pathways to get to nitric oxide, but that's what creates the elasticity mm-hmm. of blood vessels so that blood vessels can open and close easily. So almost all my patients, especially those over 50, are on a nitric oxide booster. Mm-hmm. And then I put a lot of my patients on what's called a PDE5 inhibitor, right? So Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, Stendra, Sildenafil, Tadalafil, they're all in a class of medications called PDE5 inhibitors, right? Mm -hmm. And without going into too much biochemistry, when you use nitric oxide, you make something called cyclic GMP. And the more cyclic GMP you have, the more your blood vessels open up, right? But you don't want blood vessels open forever. So your body has a system called the PDE system that breaks down cyclic GMP, right? Mm. And so Viagra, which was the first um, PDE5 inhibitor that was discovered, blocks the breakdown of cyclic GMP. So there's more cyclic GMP, but the genius of Viagra is that it's a PDE5 inhibitor. So it Mm. only works where PDE5 is present and PDE5 is present in the body in the penis. Interesting. Right. And see, I don't think most guys understand, know this. I mean, I'm learning stuff right now. I mean, I've had these sim, some similar conversations, but I think many guys just suddenly freak out and they're like, well, it's either this or this. I'm like, no, there's not just one way through this. There, I mean, there's yeah. many layers to this, yeah. you know, especially as you were talking about, <laughs> I'm literally like going, yeah, I just had these conversations because I, I had my stroke in early December and luckily I was, it was minor again, the second one. Both of them been very minor, but we started talking about, you know, I'm moving, I'm cycling, I'm swimming, I'm doing circuit training. You know, we're re-looking at the diet. In my case, there's some heredity stuff going on here. So we're really like watching this even closer, like, okay, where can we make some tweaks and adjustments? The one thing that you just talked about that I had not talked about was the nitric oxide stuff. So that's on my list now, but, um, when guys are like going through this stuff, do you feel the, do you feel pushback or is it like, no, I just want to get this fixed? You know, I, so I've been doing this for 20, 25 years. Um, I've seen thousands and thousands of patients and I, I, I've learned how to manage men. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, men respond to numbers and analytics mm-hmm. and they respond to tough love. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they typically come in to see me when they're, at the place in their life where they're willing or ready to make a change, to make a shift. Yeah. Right. Cause what I tell people is I, I'm, I can give you a world-class plan. There are very mm-hmm. few people uh, in this country that can give someone the type of, of rejuvenation plan that I can give them, but I'm not going to follow you home. 
Right. You know, I got mm-hmm. my own problems. I got a lot of stuff to deal with. Right. I don't I don't have time to to nag you about your own problems. Exactly. You have to execute on your plan. And that's, you know, the book that I wrote, The 21st Century Man, which is mm-hmm. the most comprehensive and medically accurate men's health book ever written, um, has the first chapter in it is the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the concept that we're all on our own hero's journey is really uh, resonates with me. And, uh, and, and that's what I tell people, like you're on your own hero's journey. You have to do the work for yourself. I'm giving you the plan that you need to execute on, but I, I can't do it for you. And I don't think, so it's kind of like being a coach. <laughs> it's like, I can guide you to see this stuff that is blocking you or holding you back and all this sort of stuff. I give you every exercise under the freaking sun. We can do every assessment. We can like pinpoint these things, but if you don't do anything with what we discover, don't, don't blame me. You know, I'm usually not that crass about it, but like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you can blame me if you want, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not going to do any good. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So it, it's just an interesting thing when guys, and you know, again, I, I it was so interesting because I was, so obviously I walk in, stroke you immediately, like, okay, here we go. We're in emergency. We're going to ICU, you know, blah, 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 right? And then because it was crazy times in December, kind of like it is right now, even in January, it's kind of like, okay, the hospitals are all full. And so I ended up staying in ICU an extra day or so just because that was the only bed they had available. But as soon as I got moved to the final room before I got out of there, I'm in there with two older guys, older than myself. One guy was having gallbladder issues and some kidney stuff going on. The other guy, he had everything going down. <laughs> and I'm like listening to all this. I'm like, okay, well, I felt like I got like, here, we're going to put you with these guys so you feel really good, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm listening to these guys having the conversations with their doctors and the older guy who was really having issues. I mean, he was having lung issues and I mean, just intestinal issues. And he was having some, you know, erectile issues because that, that would come up. And he'd be sitting there talking to the doctor. And he's like, okay, but wh- when I get out, you know, can I smoke? <laughs> I'm just like, really, man? Yeah. Really? And I'm an ex smoker. So I'm like, I know I have been through that journey many, many years ago. I uh, gave up. But, um, and then the guy right next to me, he's like having all these things. And he's like, well, but, you know, this food here is not very good, which I would agree, but I'll agree in a different way why I didn't think it was good. He goes, I'm just ready to get out of here and like, go eat some of this. And the doctor's like, but that's not what you should be eating. Well, you know, I'm old enough now. I'm like, oh, I just guys are hard. And again, I'm not yeah. knocking any of my guys listening. Like you guys have heard me call you like tough boys to work with. But yeah, I cannot want, hold my doctor my, accountable yeah, my, for my stuff. You want to hear my smoking story? Yes, that I would love to actually, because so, there's a lot of gay men who smoke too. So. Yeah, so I had a, a 58 year old um, dentist, uh, and he, he had a hard life. You know, he was an immigrant from another country, and he put himself through through college and dental school, driving a cab at night, um, and he smoked. You know, pack mm-hmm. a day for a long time, and I was just like, you know, why are you smoking? You know, how come you can't quit? And uh, it's like, oh, you know, I tried a lot of times, whatever. And, uh, and I said, you know how many years of life you lose if you smoke? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I said 13, you know, on average. Right. I said, you know, how old are your daughters? He's like, oh, you know, my daughters are so great. You know, 11, nine, 
or, you know, the light of my life. I said, do me a favor. I said, I don't want you to take any medications or, or acupuncture or any of that kind of stuff. Just write down right now with me on a piece of paper, 13 years of life lost. Mm-hmm. And, and just tape that on your daughter's bedroom door. Mm-hmm. Right. So that every time you walk in there, you'll remind yourself that you're going to lose 13 years of life with your daughter, daughters. Mm-hmm. And I saw him back a month later. And I'm like, you smoking? He's like, no, I had to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. It's just, it's understanding the the repercussions, the consequences of your actions really. And, and what that's going to do to you long-term that really helps people make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could badger people till the cows come home, but until they understand what the consequences of that decision are, right. they're not going to make a change. Well, it's like somebody, I mean, I am, again, so DNA, <laughs> just recently diagnosed diabetic, but we're already reversing it, which is cool with the exercise and everything. It's like, it's coming back down. I mean, I went, it was there and it wasn't barely over, but now it's coming back down pretty quickly. And I was talking to another friend of mine. Well, my dad just doesn't, he drives me nuts. He doesn't pay attention. He's, he is definitely, I mean, he's to the point with insulin shots. Right. But I was talking to a friend of mine. It's like, yeah, but you know, I'm young. I'm like, okay, bitch, you're only, you're 45. So yes, you're young. I said, but you're already diabetic. Don't you worry about this? He's like, well, you know, I still eat really well. I said, I get it. I get it. Like, I understand it. I do the same thing. But I said, there's certain things you just shouldn't be doing. As he sits there (laughs) eating like two or three C's candies. I'm like, like that, man. That's just like instant sugar injection, you know? Well, you know, it's it's just he doesn't care. He's like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll counterbalance it with something else. I'm like, well, yes, yeah, some things you can counterbalance. I get that. But when you refuse to listen, that's the thing that always. Well, the thing me. is, you know, the, the person that you're penalizing is the 65 year old you or the 55 year old you. Mm-hmm. Right. So in in 20 years, you want to look back on the 45 year old you and say, thank you so much, you know, yes. for you know, taking the time, taking the time. And I mean, diabetes is one of the worst diagnoses you can possibly get, right? Diabetes leads to sclerosis or stenosis or blockage of small blood vessels. Okay. So where do you have small blood vessels in your feet? So you Mm -hmm. get neuropathy, you get poor wound healing in your penis. So you get erectile dysfunction in your kidneys. So you end up on dialysis in your eyes. So you end up blind Right. So you you have to think about what the pathophysiology of these disease mm-hmm. processes are. And that's why you get the, the following problems. Right. So, I mean, who wants to be blind? Who wants to have their legs amputated? Who wants right. their penis not to work? And who wants to, to end up on dialysis? Yeah. And it's interesting because my dad intuitively knows it. My mom knows it, but I'm like, mom, you're feeding the problem because she's like, well, I, you know, I try not to keep the sweets in the house, but you know, he just, I'm like, then don't keep him in the house. Well, but he really likes carbs. Well then don't, you just don't make carbs. I mean, I, I just, I don't get it when, you know, when this came down for me and I, again, I'm looking in the mirror, I'm looking at my 80 year old dad. Right. And going, and he is, I have to say, he's going strong. I mean, 
he's 80 years old and he's out there shoveling the snow in Idaho right now. I'm like, God bless you. Cause I'll hire people for that shit. Dad. I am not <laughs> doing that, <laughs> but I'm looking ahead going, okay, I don't want to be there. And so what can I do right now to continue to reduce what's happening? Like if I can get around this as much as I possibly can, it's going to be so much easier. And I remember having the, the when, uh, when dad first, well, when dad first gave any indication about his own erectile dysfunction stuff, which was a really weird conversation. He's like, yeah, I, I, like, well, I didn't ask you about this dad, but thanks for sharing. You know, um, I thought, huh. Okay. He's 59 years old. Interesting. So I just turned 59. I'm like, Hey, I'm actually in pretty good space. You know, if I take the DNA registers or like, okay, where should I be on my path? Right. But then there was other stuff that, I noticed he was 59 and there was all sorts of other stuff going down. And I think this is the thing most men don't take the time to look at is look at who preceded you. Number one, understand your family histories for sure. And then look at, as you said, look in the mirror, what's the future look like? So I told my husband, I do not want to be a burden. So this is why I'm making the changes now. Now I can't prevent it if something else happens, but I'm like, let's make the changes, you know? And I, I see this in the gay community a lot. Let's just live life for what it is. I agree. You've got to live your life. But when there's things you can do to prevent it and you can align, I think that's kind of the message you're trying to share here too, is like, be cognizant, take care of yourself. Well, I mean, it, a lot of this stuff is pretty simple. People try to make it really, really complicated. Like I can, in 10 seconds, I could tell you how to be healthier than 90 to 95% of the people in this country. Hmm. You interested? No, not at all. No, okay. <laughs> no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was trying to be one of those guys. Nah, I, I got this figured out. Yeah. You know, I can find my way to the, you know, beach, even though I, we've been driving for two <laughs> hours trying to get there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't drink. Mm -hmm. Don't smoke. Don't do drugs. Don't eat too much. Exercise every day stretch every day, meditate, get enough sleep and be nice to other people. Pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, it, it implementing it sometimes is, is hard, but, but I mean, that they're all really simple content concepts. Mm -hmm. And I hear people say, well, but I really like my wine. Okay, fine. But do you have to drink? I mean, my husband, and I love wine. You know how I've I get people to stop drinking wine? So, you know, it's for me, it's all about analytics. So I have a body composition analysis machine that tells people, you know, what their, how much muscle they have in the left arm, the right arm, how much excess body fat they have, uh, what their basal metabolic rate is. Uh, and so for people that, you know, are overweight, 10, 20, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, and they're telling me, well, you know, I really like wine. I drink two glasses of wine a day. So I, I tell them to take out their iPhone and I say, open up the calculator function. A glass of wine, red wine is 125 calories. So two glasses of wine is 250 calories. Multiply it by 365 and divide it by 3,500, which is the number of calories in a pound of human fat. Okay. That will give you the number of 26. So you're putting on 26 pounds of fat every year for those two glasses of wine. And I hear guys talk about that all the time. Oh, well, I just drink a couple of glasses of wine a day. And I'm like, okay, that's a lot. 
I mean, yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, we drink wine on the weekends, but I don't drink at all during the week. And we really like, okay, it's like a couple of glasses of wine, maybe the two days of the weekend. But even that, if I were to like take that multiplication that you just said, you know, and it's not, then some people say, well, but, but, but I'm like, hey, this is just factual stuff. Just, just numbers. Sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just numbers. So listen to it. I mean, I definitely have become much more cognizant now. I mean, I was always cognizant. And I know I'm out there exercising, cycling, all this sort of stuff. But I know, like, even if I do a Peloton ride in the morning, I look down at that little calorie thing. I'm like, that wasn't near enough to cover this or that or whatever. And then plus, I do intermittent fasting, which is a whole nother ballgame, too, that I really that's really worked for me. I mean, this is the one mm -hmm. thing that's worked for me. But I wish more men, especially, again, gay men who tend to alcohol, drugs, kill the pain. I wish they would see that these all integrate together. And I love the one that you brought up, be nice to people, because I actually believe the reason that I, or part of the reason that I probably had this most recent stroke was I was letting a lot of shit get under my skin and a lot of shit involved a lot of other people. And then of course, then that stresses the body, you know, and then, just that constant and of course i i don't sleep really well but i figured right, but out do you the want me to, thing. do you want me to explain to you why stress is bad absolutely yeah so there you know there's really two forms of stress there's acute stress and chronic stress right, right. so but either way stress is running away from a bear mm. right and when you're running away from a bear you want blood flow in the essential organs in your body for escaping a bear your brain your eyes your heart your muscles right and the rest of the blood vessels in your body clamp down mm. right because if you don't get away from a bear who cares if you digested your meal who cares if you uh, were able to have sex who cares if you made urine right you're dead right and so that's why when you're stressed your blood pressure goes up because the rest of the the body, the blood pressure, you know, the, the arteries clamp down, which raises your blood pressure, right? You're not getting enough circulation to the intestines, right? So you get kind of a, like GI distress when you're chronically yep. stressed. And so, you know, that's stress has not just psychological effects, but it has physiologic effects that will mm -hmm. cause people to have strokes, have heart attacks, have uh, gastrointestinal problems, have all sorts of physical problems. They're physical manifestations of psychological pain because there are hormonal changes that our bodies undergo because of that stress. Awesome stuff. So let's talk P-Long. So that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on. So yeah, this is- We've covered, this is we've covered really a lot of other stuff. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Real I mean, quick, I, before we jump into that again, I want to go through that whole list that you just said. So alcohol, exercise, don't eat too much, sleep, meditate, stretch. I know I missed a couple. Oh, be nice to people. There's one other yeah, one. let's see. Sleep, uh, don't drink, don't smoke, don't, uh, smoke. don't do that drugs, don't do Smoking drugs, drugs, don't eat too much, exercise, exercise. every day, uh, stretch every day, get good sleep, sleep. meditate, uh, meditate, be stretch, nice. be nice. I got it. Cool. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I'll just talk about alcohol for two seconds. Okay. Alcohol really does, it's four things. First of all, it's really integrated into our society, right? So there's advertisement 
all over the place, whether you're gay, yep. straight, green, blue, purple, whatever, you have to drink alcohol, but you don't have to drink alcohol. Okay. Second of all, it is a depressant, right? That's the class of drugs that it's in. It's a depressant. Mm. Third of all, it disinhibits you, right? And so for most people, a lot of the stupid things that we've done in life are done under the influence of alcohol. And then four, it's empty calories. So it's calories, but with no nutritional value, yeah. right? So if someone came to you and said, oh, you know, I got this thing that's going to make you sad. It's going to make you do stupid stuff and it's going to make you fat. Be like, why, why would I? Why would I do that? Yeah. Why would I do that? So, but anyway, you know, I, I mean, I used to drink, I haven't drank in 10 years, not because I was an alcoholic or anything, just because my kids were getting close to teenage years and I didn't want to have it around the house. Mm -hmm. But, and people just should think about the things that they're doing and what the consequences of those are. Okay. But let's talk about P-Long. Well, before we jump there, you just said something right. I think it's just, it's a simple little twist. So back in the day, when my kids were like, I don't know, late elementary school, middle school, on up through high school, you know, Starbucks was like, we we pop in there, they'd get their hot chocolate, I'd get my stuff. I cannot remember at this stage, the last time I had any true Starbucks, any coffee house, like any kind of like Frappuccino, whatever it might be. Because I started realizing there was some of those calories that I was putting in on a daily basis. <clears throat> and then I discovered simple almond milk. And I, I don't drink a lot of coffee. I, I mean, I think some days it's one cup. Some days it's two. That's it. I'm done. I was, I was black for a very long time. I'm like, I'll just straight up black coffee. And then my little taste buds were like, need something. But I don't like just regular cream. I love almond milk. I could drink almond milk even if I drank milk by the glass, that one change changed so much of how I felt because I wasn't suddenly getting this, like, and I'm not going to say Starbucks has all sorts of shit in it, but I still kind of believe that. <laughs> I'll say that very quietly. Um, but I just noticed as soon as I went off and went, <laughs> so gay guys listening and go, Oh, we know what he likes. When I went to black, um, <laughs> my life changed and my craving changed too. I didn't need coffee, period. And, and my husband's always kind of surprised. He's like, did you have coffee today? No. Really? Because he, he's one who's like, he, he quote says he needs his coffee. <clears throat> but even just a simple change like that, is it going to save your life? I don't know. It's going to contribute to part of it. But I saw myself being so much more energetic and like cool. And like this morning, I went and had blood work done. I am just now having my first cup of coffee while we're recording this podcast. It wasn't like I needed it right out the gate. So guys, if you're listening, don't think you have to do all these huge, amazing things all at once. One little shift can make the difference. So just incremental change. Incremental. Yeah. So, okay. So P-Long, let's go. Yeah. So, you know, as a urologist, I was seeing a lot of men who were having procedures to increase the length or the girth of their penis. And they were really having catastrophic results, you know, whether it was injection of fillers or fat transfers, or there's a new um, implant out called the Panuma, which is a surgical implant 
Uh, and, and guys were getting really catastrophic results. And as a researcher, I was like, you know, there's gotta be something that, that I can do. And so I developed a protocol and I wrote it up and I got it IRB approved. So that's institutional review board approved. And I had it listed at clinicaltrials.gov, which is the NIH website. And I started the study about two, two and a half years ago. And I recruited enough patients that after two, two and a half years, I was able to present my research at the International Society of Sexual Medicine. So that's all the, the academic doctors around the world that do research on sexual medicine. And what I found was that using a totally natural combination of platelet-rich plasma, and I'll explain what that is in a second, uh, a traction device developed at the Mayo Clinic, a suction device um, from Dr. Joel Kaplan, and my Affirm nitric oxide boosting supplement I was able to naturally increase the length of the penis almost an inch, the mm. girth of the, pe the penis about a half an inch, and the function of the penis in about six months. Why do most guys, quote, believe or think or think they need all of that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a really great sort of fundamental question. Uh, so when they do surveys, mm -hmm. over 50% of men wish that they had bigger penises. And I'm not advocating for guys to have bigger penises like that. I don't really care what I'm advocating. I'm, I'm asking that because I know, <laughs> I know yeah, gay I mean, men and, and men in general, like if you don't have a lot, it's, it's almost like you, you quote, feel less than a man. So to yeah. speak, you know, I think a lot of people, their, uh, their partners at some point, will say something like, oh, you know, it's not as big as the per last person I was with, or, um, you know, oh, is that all there is? Or right. they're watching some pornography and they're they're not as big as the, the, the person in the, right. in the movie. I mean, you know, who, who knows right. on an individual basis where it comes from? It's just, it's, it's societal mm -hmm. for sure. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not here to tell people that they need a bigger penis what i'm no, here but... to do is to provide if that's something that you're interested in yep. let me do let me provide a way for it to be totally safe you know not mm -hmm. one single uh participant in my study had any problems whatsoever i feel like in okay so i'm gonna i don't know that i've ever really gone here before but i think i will so i'm a guy that has some pretty good girth that's what i've been told i don't have a i mean i'm not i'm not suffering too much in the length but i'm not like eight inches by any stretch of, or ten you know i'm not i am not porn star length i'm probably a little bit to some guys like oh my gosh you like porn star girth but when i've had sexual experiences sometimes it's very frustrating because the girth doesn't match quote the length so to speak right now, I could get all up in my head about this. Every once in a while I did, many years ago. Now I'm just like, this, this, is what, you know, this is what you get, you know? But I think for many men, this is one of the things that is such a mindset. And I'm a big advocate. Like, guys, if you can find something that really works for you, and that's going to improve not only your own self-esteem and confidence, and your pleasure and enjoyment, then do what you got to do. You know, and when I first heard about you through Susan, um, I was like, there's so many men who are like, 
this is important to me, but they've heard the horror stories. Um, I had my first encounter with any guys around this was probably 10, 12 years ago. I was doing a retreat for men and this guy got up to talk about he has had erectile dysfunction since he was 14 and he was like in his mid fifties. And so he uses a penis pump and all that. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. He goes, my son's here. He goes, and he got conceived even through all this. And of course his son inherited the same DNA. So he's been the same thing. And there was a few of us gay guys in this room. It was a mixed group. And I remember walking out of that and two of the gay guys are kind of like standing off in the corner. And so I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, these, these are my peeps. So even though I was one of the facilitators, I'm like, let's let, you know, go hang out with them. And the first thing I heard them say is like, Oh my God, can you imagine if you couldn't get an erection at 14? I'm like, okay, this shit happens boys. But like, it's such a prevalent thing for us men. Like if this doesn't fit the mold, so to speak, it's devastating for many. And so I'm sure that's kind of what you've seen in your practice is some guys probably come in like, like it's done. It's over. Yeah. Correct? I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's really at the core of what makes us men, you know, mm-hmm. even I, I even have guys that are unattached that come in for erectile dysfunction because they just want to know that it works. Mm-hmm. So I can tell a story about myself in that arena. <laughs> So I go, okay, so I had the kidney stone, right? Boston General, hubby takes off. I'm like, okay, well, things are starting to feel good. But I'm like, oh. And so, you know, I don't have hubby around. I'm here, I'm at this retreat. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm horny. I <laughs> Let's just jerk off, right? Nothing happened. I was hard, but nothing, no ejaculation. I'm freaking out. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, but what am I going to do? Run downstairs to my teammates and go, I'm trying to jerk off. It doesn't happen here. You know? So I text my husband. I'm like, I'm really concerned. Like maybe that stone's got me blocked up big time. And of course I'm texting my doctor, like, and I, I don't hear anything from my doctor. And I'm like, great. I, this is it. I'm done. It's over with. Right. Get home to the urologist who was the follow-up guy. I walk in. I'm like, so Hey, how are you feeling? Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Things are flowing. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm really, really concerned. Well, why? Oh, because, you know, and I'm like, well, he's a urologist. I can have this. I'm like, I, I tried to jerk off. I've tried to have sex. It's hard, but nothing comes out. And he goes, well, pff, it's because the medication you're on. It's going to affect them. Flomax. Like, oh, thank Flomax. I, I, yeah. Then they need to change the name because Flomax does not. <laughs> yeah. you <feel> like <laughs> you're going to flow maximum here. But um, so Flomax it, and, uh, and Jack Min. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting space to find yourself because you're right in that moment. Honestly, Judson, I, I was actually feeling like, let's just add this to everything else, you know, now this and then add that on to the kidney stones. And and I thought, thank God, you know, because this is an important part of life, you know. So how do guys get to be part of what you've developed? Where can they get it? How can yeah, they learn so more? They can go to p-long.com. Mm-hmm. And that website has all the information that you need to understand what all the options are, mm-hmm. the pros and cons of all the options, and then what's involved in the P-Long protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I really tried to do is I tried to make it accessible to normal guys, right? Mm-hmm. So 
there are people out there that will have penile extenders or suction devices on their penis eight to 10 hours a day for six months. And if you do that, you'll get some increased length, but most people with most normal jobs, that's not really an option. So with the P-Long protocol, it's just 35 minutes in the morning, 35 minutes in the evening, uh, and then an injection of PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, once a month, and then taking a firm nitric oxide booster every day. And so platelet-rich plasma is really interesting. So PRP or platelet-rich plasma, the platelets in your body have two functions. One function everyone knows is to cause clots, but the other function is to stimulate growth of new tissue, right? So that's the reason when you're out in the garden and you cut yourself and you have some bleeding, the bleeding stops. And then very quickly, the tissue starts to regrow. And that's because when the platelets get to the area of bleeding, they open up their arms, they grab onto other platelets, and then they release growth factors. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason that that one little area of skin grows back and the whole rest of the skin doesn't. It's because there are 140 different growth factors in platelets. Mm -hmm. And so what we can do is draw blood, spin the blood down. When you spin blood, the red blood cells go to the bottom because they have iron in it. And the plasma goes to the top because it's basically just water. And in the middle, you have platelets. And so you aspirate the platelets and then you can inject them into the penis. And I developed an ultrasound guided injection technique, which really doesn't hurt at all. And because uh, we use a tiny, tiny needle and uh, it's, it's really miraculous how uh, this has resulted in very significant growth of penis. And how does it, does it help or hinder erections? So it improves erectile function. Okay. Now, uh, we've done studies in men with erectile dysfunction showing that it improves erections, but the P-Long really is for men who don't have erectile dysfunction, right? Because mm -hmm. if you have erectile dysfunction, you're not filling the penis up right. exactly. at pressures. And so what you really need is enough pressure to fully expand the penis. Gotcha. But so there's really no easy way to measure Mm -hmm. going from good to great yeah other than asking men you know because obviously as men we know you know when right. things are better than they used to be and awesome. all, everyone in the study said you know things are better than they used to be that's awesome and so treatment time is it an ongoing thing is it like you know because i'm asking all these questions of myself on different levels right now it's like yeah, yeah. okay well based on this what am i going to have to do you know coming off of a stroke like you know, lots of different things are happening now. Like, well, how long do I have to do this? And how long, you know, so kind so, of the same thing. You know, for, for P-Long, um, it's really interesting. So we had a linear growth curve. So I had to stop the study at six months because you have to stop at some point, right? Right. But the, the curve was pretty linear, meaning that if we went to seven months or eight months or nine months or 10 months, we probably would have seen some continued increase in growth. And I have patients who were in the study that continue to come in for injection of PRP and they continue to have growth and improvement in function. Just, I haven't, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a clinical researcher and sure. a physician and I, I, I live on data, right? I only yeah, yeah. make claims based on what I can prove. Sure. Sure. Um, and I think that's the thing that most guys will question, like, you know, 
I mean, I, I'm sure the pun has come up like, well, if I continue to do this, will it just finally reach the floor, you know? Well, I mean, like, you know, like you you look at pictures of National Geographic and there's that African tribe with the people with the really, mm-hmm. really long necks with those uh, uh, necklaces around the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, biologic systems are pliable, mm-hmm. right? They're movable. You put braces on, you can move people's yep. teeth. And penises, you know, it's just a, a soft tissue. You know, you right. can stretch the penis. And... A lot of people say, well, you know, is it going to stay that length? Well, as long as you're getting good rigid erections, especially at night, right? You're supposed to get 30 to 60 minutes of erections every night. There's no reason why it won't stay that same, same length. Um, But the nice thing is you don't have to have the traction and suction devices on for eight to 10 hours a day. It's 35 minutes in the morning, 35 minutes in the evening. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the PRP, there's no synthetic material. You're not injecting fillers, right? You inject fillers. It costs five or 10, $15,000 even. It's going to last for a year or two. And then you're going to end up with a lumpy, bumpy penis. Mm -hmm. And when you inject them, you're going to look, you're going to have what I call a pig in a blanket penis. Right. You know, really thick. But, you know, if you have a thick penis like you do, you also have a thick penile head. But if you inject fillers, you have a thick shaft, but the head is really small. small. That's why I call it a pig in a blanket. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So how much do you enjoy the getting to do this work? I know that's a weird question, but yeah, you know, I love it. I, I really do. It's, it's, um, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get to impact people's lives in a very, very significant way. Well, in a um, very personal way too. I mean, and a I very we personal all do that. Way. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's something that I don't think most guys again <clears throat> would like to talk about, but what happens for them this manifests in such a different way for how they see themselves, how they show up in life, how they perform, you know, it's kind of like being in a relationship. I actually have a client that has shared, you know, he was in a relationship where all he was told was what a crappy sexual partner he was. He could just never sat. And so this was when he was with a woman, this was before he came out of the closet and he held so much stress around that coming out and coming into the gay community. And I remember the first couple of guys he had experiences with and they were like, you're just an amazing lover. And he goes, I thought, I think they're just saying that because they just wanted to get laid. I'm like, well, they could have, but don't second guess this right now. This is something you need to keep experiencing and going out and doing. And I've had some friends who've gone down the paths of not the good way of the erectile stuff and they literally feel ruined they're like i just don't even want to attempt to have sex and it's a big part of their life that they miss Mm -hmm. you know and i think what i'm hearing you share here is there's a way to get this and be who you want to be and again i don't see any guy going yeah i just got my penis enlarged some would (laughs) i know there's some like look at this you know but i think there's that internal dialogue that every one of us and it started for most of us in like the, you know, high school, middle school gymnasiums, like looking around going, oh, really? What's wrong with me? Right. And I think anything that we can do to help men lift themselves up, literally and figuratively, but I think it's a beautiful thing because we get in our heads so much as men, I'm not saying that women don't, but men do it in a completely different freaking way. And they don't think they can talk about it. They don't think they can reach out to people. They don't think anybody else is having that experience. So I'm glad that you came forward and shared what you shared 
And um, if guys want to get a hold of you, key-long.com, um, we'll have that on the website. Anywhere else they should go look for any of your stuff other than Amazon, the books out there, the 21st century. Yeah. Man. Well, if you go to the 21st centuryman.com, all written out in letters, mm-hmm. um, you can read uh, some of the chapters on the book. You can look at the bios of the 60 other co-authors uh, for the book. Um, and uh, I ha- also have a very robust YouTube channel. So if you just go to Brandeis MD and even uh, Instagram, um, but on my YouTube channel, I do a lot of physician teaching. So I travel around the country teaching mm-hmm. doctors about all this kind of stuff. And so I put a lot of my teaching videos up uh, on that. And then also, if you go to BrandeisMD.com, B-R-A-N-D-E-I-S-M-D.com, uh, it, you know, that's my website. But if you go under media mm-hmm. and then drop down to eBooks, I have a, a lot of eBooks that I write about awesome. uh, testosterone, about uh, physical rejuvenation protocols, about circulation, about, you know, I'd love to to dive into a lot of the other things that we could do for, for someone with strokes or cardiovascular disease to regenerate the penis, like shockwave therapy, like PRP, like uh, Mcella chair, and then some of the peptides like PT-141 or oxytocin or apomorphine or uh, even uh, Botox injections in the penis. There's like a, you know, there's so much that goes beyond the little blue pill yeah. that, uh, that I have my finger on the pulse on that, uh, that uh, I could talk for hours about. Yes, I can tell. And I've enjoyed this conversation so much, man. And thank you for being open and welcoming all men from all walks of life. I, again, I think gay men sometimes are like the only doc that's going to understand me as a gay doc. I'm like, no, no, I love my primary care guy. He's amazing. Um, I love it because well, you know, he openly you know, talks about this stuff. I, you, know? you know, I love my gay patients because I ask them about these things and they, and mm-hmm. they talk to me about gay sex and the gay community. And I mean, if you're going to take care of gay patients, you have to understand, yep. you know, the, their unique perspectives and, and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And so I asked my gay patients questions and they're like, you know, they're just like shocked that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that a, a straight guy would be asking these questions. But, you know, I mean, that's, right. yeah. I mean, my, my, my doc, when I came, so I saw him right after the stroke. And he's like, you're looking good, man. He goes, everything, your blood pressure is great. And all, and he, he'd seen all the scans and everything. He's like, yeah, you know, he goes, but let me ask you one question. I'm like, okay. He goes, do you feel like having sex with your husband? And I'm like, I was kind of like floored. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, good. He goes, don't hold back. He goes, don't go try to like dive out of an airplane or anything. Cause now you're on some <laughs> blood thinners, but you know, he goes, go live your life, man. He goes, Be, you know, notice your stuff. And I thought, what a, that just, I mean, I've had a lot of good doctors throughout the years. That was one of the first times I was like, this guy really gets it. He just like, hey, you know, you're a guy, you're, you have love, you have a man in your life, all that stuff. So um, just really good stuff. And I appreciate you being one of those doctors too. And um, man, if you're listening, you'll see all these on the po- on the podcast website page, but um, definitely check out plong.com brandeismd.com all those different places i've been kind of while he's been talking i've been on all the websites kind of looking for stuff to ask questions on but um awesome. thank you again for taking time out of your busy day and- hey my pleasure all the best for 2020 that's a wrap for 40 plus gay men gay talk where size doesn't matter we drop our bullshit get over our screwed up fears make bold moves and live life without apologies 
Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.